Hi, Liz Winstead, co-creator of The Daily Show and founder of Abortion Access Front, or as we call it, Abortion AF. Abortion AF is a nonprofit created by activists, organizers, and a variety of showbiz types who want to use our talents and platforms to raise awareness to the erosion of abortion access and create programs that help us reclaim this fundamental right. We help connect local abortion providers and activists with their community so folks can learn how to help clinics stay open, patients access care, and reverse the current decimation of bodily autonomy. We also get into good trouble exposing the lies of the anti-abortion movement at their churches, their rallies, and their religious-based fake abortion clinics where creepy people doing some sort of medical cosplay demonize folks seeking abortion care instead of providing it. Oh yeah, and our weekly podcast, Feminist Buzzkills Live, we use facts and humor to wade through the ever-changing news in this hellscape. To learn more or to make a donation, visit aafront.org. Exposing sexist ass clowns has never been more rewarding. Willow TV is filmed for a live studio audience being held against their will. Let's let's dive right into it. I'm joined by Lucy Sullivan here on another edition of Waywo.tv. Uh, I have seen and read a lot about barking. I found you through fan fan base press. So let's start there. Let's because I, I saw that okay. you were do, you were donating some of the proceeds for uh, what was it, the transforming mental health. Yeah, uh, MQ. That's, that's fantastic. So I would love to just ask more about that before we go into like anything else. Um, sure. Uh, so basically, I donate ten percent of my author revenue to MQ. Um, they are a research-based mental health um, charity. So they're it's run by scientists, um, mainly out of a fairly local hospital. And what they do is try to understand mental health better by getting people in who um, have mental health problems or. Um, experiences and talk to them and find out actually how it feels and what they're going through rather than you know a series of medications or tests or anything like that they actually bother to talk to people and discover more about it yeah so, no, really great I, I know i yeah I, I know the uh yeah having ocd like i'm very familiar with with that process and like and i'm an advocate for mental health so when i saw that i was like i have to i have to ask straight away um, but tell me about the barking. So, like, because uh, this is something that that kind of blew up, and um, I would love to learn a bit more about it. Yeah, sure. So, uh, barking was my debut graphic novel. Um, it's loosely, well, it's inspired, I guess, if that's the right word. Um, I had a breakdown in my twenties after the sudden death of my dad. Um, I, th- I think I probably always had depression and anxiety from kind of teens onwards but it really peaked after my dad died and um, I had this you know really awful experience but um, life-changing in the end and then um, as I got older I went back to uni after that did my art degree and I saw other people who had similar experiences a number of whom were sectioned so into mental health institutes here. And um, I don't know, it just started to get me thinking more and more about grief and depression and how little we talk about it. And I just thought I need to kind of make a story about that. So barking is a combination of my experience with the experience of some of my friends who were sectioned. And it's sort of a conversation about grief and depression and anxiety, but also about the British uh, mental health system, which has a number of 
things that I critique yes. <laughs> in it, um, which I think are fair critiques. I've got a lot of time for the people that work in the system, but the system itself has it's yes. built on the wrong systems in the first place, as it were. Yeah, and I could. Yeah, it's. I mean, we have the same struggles here in the states um, mm. with, with many of our programs that are meant to serve people who are dealing with mental illness, and you know, it's not that they leave them completely abandoned, but the way that they're treated and the amount of paperwork, it's just sort of a, a struggle. Yeah, it's really, it's really troublesome. And I think a lot of people don't, don't know. I think unless you come into contact with it, it's sort of really unspoken about. And then there's that kind of stigma of even talking about it or people being able to speak about their experiences. So there was a lot, a lot to talk about. And in many ways, I, I'm, I only scratched the surface of, right. of what there is to say, but um, it's been yeah, pretty well received, and I'm really thrilled with the sort of people that are reading it because it's quite a hard sell. Like, here's a book; it's sort of part ghost story, part critique of a mental health system, and and kind of horror in there. It's quite scary, you know. Um, I think having a breakdown is an extremely scary experience, as is depression sure. sometimes. So it's pretty tough sell as a comic book, <laughs> you know. But I I love that it's a comic. Like that's that's some, something I wanted to ask you about. What, what was the the choice of that medium to tell the story, like what drove that? Um, I've always read comics. I grew up in a pub in London, so my parents ran the pub when I lived upstairs and we had live-in staff, so there were always comics about and slightly more grown up than perhaps I should have been reading, but that happens. Um, I went back to uni, as I said, and I did um, actually an illustration and animation degree. Um, I love drawing um, I hadn't considered at that point moving into comics, but I did hand-drawn animation and um, was still reading comics. And I was teaching life drawing and t uh, working in an animation studio. And um, just one of my life drawing students came in one day and it was Nick Abadzis, who's the creator of Leica, the graphic novel. And um, we became friends and I just sort of said I'd always wanted to make a comic. And he's like, well, then you just make a comic and get on with it. And um, my part, I was sort of quite depressed again at the time and I was sort of getting things back. And uh, my partner said, maybe your way out of it this time is to, is to write about it. So it's sort of the two kind of came together and it just started fitting really well, you know? So yeah, it was a, a quite an organic process, but one I'm really glad I did because I'm now like full-time comics so it's right. a good move. <laughs> Tired of being tracked online? DuckDuckGo could help. Tracking is a comprehensive program. Trackers lurk nearly everywhere online from websites, emails, and even apps in your phone. That means you need a multi-pronged solution. DuckDuckGo's all-in-one privacy app can be used as an everyday browser with private search, tracking, blocking, encryption, and now email protection built in. It's the free, easy button for online privacy. Download the app today. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Hey there, boys and girls. It's your old podcast pal, Ralph Garman here, inviting you to invite me into your ear holes five days a week with my podcast, The Ralph Report. Join me, Eddie Pence, Steve Ashton, and the rest of the happy lunatics that make up the Garmy for as little as 15 cents a day. And for that, you get five shows a week filled with music and jokes and news and history and just so much good stuff that you're going to be glad you chose the Ralph Report. How do you listen? Well, it's pretty simple. 
Go to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash The Ralph Report and sign up today. There's four amazing levels of subscription that you can join, each one with their own special bunch of benefits. So check it out. Listen to me, Ralph Garman, on The Ralph Report. Patreon.com slash The Ralph Report. Now, is there is there another, is this is a one shot or is there another one coming behind it? Uh, Barking itself, the story is a one shot. Um, there are things happening with that, but it's um, going to stay as a single comic. Um, the first edition is nearly sold out. So I'm looking for a, a publisher for the second edition at the moment. Um, but I'm currently, well, I'm currently working on a project for Jeff Lemire. Um, uh, I'm doing a black camera story for him. And then I'm going to start my next comic, uh, Shelter, um, which is unrelated to barking. <laughs> well, it's, <laughs> it's, it's still kind of folk horror, but it's not, um, it's not going to be mental health based. Well, so let's, let's dive a bit more into that. So this is, I, what I see, what I like about your work is that you, it crosses genre. And it does it, it. It does it in such a way that it, it's you. You create something new from it, especially like in the you know in, in the comics medium. It's very easy for people to fall into superheroes, our comics, mm. and they don't realize that there's all these other things you can tell all these different stories about. So, in embarking on this new comic, I'd love to hear about the story that you want to tell. Ah, oh, uh, this one is is it's been a lot of fun. I've kind of written the first one, so it's, Shelter's going to be like a community of stories and it's based around it's still inspired by life um my dad was an irish immigrant to london in the 50s and um it's sort of loosely based around where he grew up in london in shepherd's bush and the kind of immigrant communities there it was sort of mainly irish and caribbean um some greek as well some cypriot and it was this really extraordinary amazing place um, what I liked about it the most was the women in these communities. They, I, I don't know if you've ever met an Irish mammy, but there's really nothing like these kind of stern women that just sort of matriarchs of the whole area. And um, I remember when I grew up in our pub, we had a really quite unusual, eclectic mix of people. We had musicians because it was a live music pub and a lot of people in the kind of A&R industry, so people around the roadies. We had lots of um, antique stealers because down the road from us in Fulham there's a place called Chelsea, which is really fam- famous for that. And then we would have like kind of petty criminals and <laughs> you know, just really random group. But it was the women that if you got on the wrong side of, you were in real trouble. And um, I just wanted to make a story kind of around those women and, you know, how the malice you can get from like, a gossip circle if they turn on you and things like that and I want to combine it with folklore so a lot of um ones that are culturally similar to the people so a bit like kind of American gods they've brought their cultures with them and um yeah there's some transformative stuff in it as well so it's, it's sort of bringing all my passions I love Buffy and American gods and things like that and I love that idea of and Hellboy setting folklore in a real life situation so it's getting the chance to play with all of that (laughs) do you do you find that the growing up in the pub has that do you think that that's been like a great source of 
ideas and information and people that that you've just continued to pull in? Yeah, I'm. We're so lucky to have the upbringing we did have because we met just such an extraordinary breadth of people from a really young age. And I mean, I. I it was the 70s, so I don't really remember many adults being around. It was like mostly the kids up in the flat above the pub. We had a German shepherd that sort of looked after us mostly. And then the the adults were all downstairs. But, yeah, we had this amazing kind of mix of people. And it, it made you really, I think, lucky to be broad-minded. And certainly I, the cast of characters I have to draw from is, is varied. So I'm, I'm super lucky with that. Well, let me ask you, uh, so you mentioned your dad, but w- would you say that he was a source of inspiration for you in your writing and creativity? And like, who else Who else inspired you to, to go down the path that you're on? Oh, it's tricky. I mean, my dad wasn't massively creative in the in arts terms. He was sort of pushed away from it, but he was really entrepreneurial. Um, he had a real kind of thirst for just, trying stuff and seeing he was very very positive um you know he ran I say he ran pubs but we had this sort of Sunday event that was kind of infamous in London and we'd have like in the end we were getting like 2,000 people every Sunday that would come and drink and sing (laughs) for five hours and it was he was really something yeah so very really inspiring and because he died so young he was 54 when he died that it just sort of was a real wake-up call to to just go and do what you need to do and what you're driven to do because you just you just don't know. So you've just got to kind of take the ball by the horns kind of thing. So that was definitely. And then, I don't know, I just, I've always drawn and I've always been sort of uh, reading comics and watching animation. So I think it was an easy progression to that but then I think it's yeah just stuff that you read you know I really love um Eleanor Davis and Amy de Jong and you know I really love those kind of creators like Jeff Lemire as well who who do do kind of everything Tilly Walden you know I like a cartoonist who writes and draws and I I think I'm a bit of an egomaniac (laughs) so I want to do everything (laughs) or a control freak maybe is the word I would love to hear about the the creative process of being like the, the this one person shop of mm. you know, you're you're directing and you're stylizing and you're taking all these steps on your own. I would love to hear about what what that process is like. Uh, it's really full on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to the end of doing this. It's only a ten pager that I'm doing for for Jeff's Blackhammer on his um, Substack, but because I've written it. And everything about it, you know, everything, he's given me a character and then the rest is all mine. It's It seems like a million years ago that I was coming up with the idea of writing the script. But it is like, it's like, I'd say it, it's not even like wearing hats. It's like one hat and you just have to keep turning it and changing your mindset. And I, I find I have to do it really um, in, in order, from, in order to make sense for me. So I have to like come up with the idea... Uh, write the sort of looseness of this of the idea, then start kind of thumbnailing it, and then go back and kind of keep doing the script, and sort of I have to keep going back and forth between the two. Like I'm lettering now, 
and I'm trying not to look at the artwork because I can't go back to the artwork because I've got to keep going forward. But it's helping me kind of reassess the script. So it is it is kind of wild. You are constantly having to have these conversations and, you know, and often arguments. You know, my writer side doesn't seem to keep in mind how hard I might be putting it on the, the artist's side who's just going to go, how am I supposed to draw that? <laughs> Why would you even write that? But it's it's been I did a I did a bunch of um in between barking and and starting this actually I've done a bunch of um collaborations where I was just just did the artwork on it. And uh, it was really great experience to sort of work with other writers and read their scripts and and letterers. It was such a, a wake up call to work with people like Hassan and uh, Otsman Elhal, he does loads of comics at the moment, and Aditya Bidikar, and just learn <laughs> learn the high skill set, which I'm nowhere near at the moment. But um, yeah, it's it's a really complicated um, situation, and um, I do I, I wish I was able to let go a bit and let other people in, but equally, it's like. I've spent so much time on that artwork. I'm really conscious of like, right. where things are going right. to get placed, and you know, and I can reduce the script as well. I can be like, well, you don't need to say all that, so we're just <laughs> or going to lose those lovely trees you've drawn because this bit of script is really important, you know. So it's it's interesting, but um, it is a bit. It's a it's a wild thing to do because you really are on your own, but you feel like you're having about eight conversations an hour with lots of people, but it's just you. <laughs> Do you, is there anything you use to help keep, is there a tool that you might use to help keep track of everything or keep track of what you? Ooh, no, uh, no, not really. I think um, just my high anxiety levels help yep. <laughs> not worrying about. I sort of try to set myself deadlines and that helps. And I've been lucky that there's always been an, another job waiting. So there's always a reason to kind of finish up. So... That that kind of keeps me on track, but I don't. I have a school age daughter, so I I can only work during her school hours. So it gets really like I'm in my dining room at the moment because my studio is under her bedroom, and she's it's bedtime here. So. <laughs> but um, I think when you have to work in those kind of limited windows, it makes you not procrastinate, and it makes you really conscious of just getting on and doing it you know I definitely procrastinated a lot before I had a child now I just I don't have the luxury anymore which is a good thing (laughs) this is Rosie Tran from Rosie and BJ Save the World a podcast asking big questions and discussing how to solve these big issues this is a podcast for people just like you who ask has the war on drugs been successful do we need universal basic income should we legalize sex work Go to Rosie and BJ Save the World.com to get more confused. Do you want to grow your audience without sacrificing your privacy? Then the Stupid Sexy Privacy miniseries is just for you. It's a short, special presentation that will run every Thursday morning right here on Weiwo.tv for the next 23 weeks. In each short episode, we'll teach you how to preserve as much of your privacy as possible while still participating in the creator economy. You'll also hear from top privacy and disinformation experts who will teach you how to protect yourself from fascists and weirdos. And who doesn't want that? 
So make sure you're subscribed to Weiwo.tv where all podcasts can be found and we'll see you every Thursday morning for a special presentation of Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weiwo.tv miniseries. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever got? Uh, in comics? Yeah, well, it could, um, be, it could be anything, but we, it could be, could be comics. If it's... Well, uh, for, I'll give you a couple. Sure, yeah. Um, for comics, definitely was uh, Paul Pert Smith, who's a brilliant comic artist and, and cartoonist creator as well. And I met him just as I was starting to get into making comics. And actually, Paul is best mates with Nick Abadsbis, so they, he introduced us. And Paul said to me, you know, as an artist, your biggest issue here is going to be economy. It's like you just have to make it economic. You could spend a week noodling over that one panel and someone's going to look at it for two seconds so be economic with your line think about how long someone's going to actually spend looking at it and you know I need him like on my shoulder or something like just whispering it all the time because I keep forgetting that and uh, it's a really really valuable thing because people do they just flick through and I you know I've stood at cons and people pick up your book and they flick through it and you're like it's just 10 years of my life there don't worry (laughs) you know it only took forever it took me six months to draw and you're just like yeah no not interested (laughs) but um that was that has stuck and I do tell people that as well and I work with illustration students and I'm always like come on just don't don't push it because unless you need it you know you do you need that like super uh full-on background you know I think people look at comics that are made by teams where you have a penciler and an inker and a colorist and a letter and they think they can do all that themselves and you can't you have to something's got to give right so I think that's yeah really valuable for artists and I think as well with if you're writing you know think about can the artwork say it do you have to you know don't be Basil exposition you don't have to explain everything all the time and think about how the two are gonna marry together a little bit um but otherwise I was when I was about 17 um my mum's from New Zealand and we went to New Zealand for the first time in my sort of adult life I'd gone as a small child but couldn't remember and um we had this, me and my mum and my dad had this really amazing kind of trip where we got a camper van, so an RV, and we drove from the top of the North Island all the way down to the South Island. And it was about halfway through the trip, and it's quite intense to be like a teenager and spend three months in a van with your parents. <laughs> and I, you know, I'd gone well with my parents generally, but we'd had this real stinking row, and I'd gone out to sit by a beach, and I met this just this local old guy and he came and sat down next to me and I was sat in a really amazing place called Omaru where they have like black sand because it's volcanic and it was an extraordinary looking place and New Zealand's beautiful and he just sort of you know said to me you know you when you're your age you go in the world and you you sort of see all these barriers and you're trying to shove them down and push them against you but actually they're not barriers they're bamboo and they're just going to bend and smack you in the face <laughs> and you need to sort of flow with it a little bit and part the bamboo and just take it easy and stop trying to push against everything because you know what your parents they're nice people they're just trying to help you they've t- taken you on this amazing holiday you know why don't you just 
you know, relax a bit and try and enjoy your life. And it was like, oh, okay, you know. And it was just this really, I'm not doing him justice at all, but it was this really extraordinary moment. And one of those ones that I can still picture, you know, if I'm having a bad day or stuff is kind of getting to me, I can just sort of picture sitting on that beach and chatting to this guy and him just saying, just, you know, just go with it a little bit and stop kind of wriggling against everything. It's not all about life being fair, you know. So it was, uh, yeah, really a, a astounding experience. If there was someone that you can give a shout out to whose work you really love, and you know, maybe they don't get the attention that, that you think it, it deserves, who would it be? Oh, I would say, I mean, he does really well here, but I don't think he's known very well, apart from the UK comic scene, is a creator called Gareth Brooks. Um, Gareth's work is just, another level there's no one that makes work quite like him so he won um there's a publisher here called myriad they do a first graphic novel prize and gareth won that i think it's something like 2016 but he did a book called the black project with myriad which is beautifully dark um it's about a boy called richard who builds girlfriends out of household appliances and you sort of go through every iteration I think it was about four or five iterations as he gets more sophisticated and you know he has like arguments with them and <laughs> starts giving them personalities and names and stuff but the book is not only just funny and kind of really sweet and melancholic um it's done with lino cut and it's embroidered and it's Gareth kind of does these kind of really profound comics but they are made in extraordinary ways so he's got other ones that he's made by burning paper around it. <laughs> he's just done one with self-made hero called The Dancing Plague, which again is embroidered and burnt. He's got another one that's done with um, crayons, a uh, thousand coloured castles about his grandmother. And they're just, it's, his work's just astonishing. Um, he also self-publishes zines and shorter prose books. Um, and one of his books which I'll never get the title right. So it's a Risograph comic. It's wordless. And it's like a Margaret Atwood fever dream. <laughs> it's called sort of like the land of my heart chokes on its abundance. Or I think it's called something like that. You'd have to look it up. So I look for garethbrooks.com, I think. And yeah, buy that Risozine because it's beautiful and he hand stitches it and it's Japanese kind of bound risograph and it's just astonishing and it's absolutely mind blowing. I think about it all the time because <laughs> it's so weird and wonderful and I'm sure there's some really profound secrets in there somewhere. So yeah, I'd say Gareth, you know, I think he's, he does really well on the UK scene, but he doesn't have a, as good a bigger reach as I think he deserves. If there's one question that you wish I had asked you and I did it, what what would what would it be? Oh God, I don't know. Um, I don't know that I have anything burning sure. to say. I could I could so a different way to ask that would be what's something that you're really passionate about um, that maybe you don't often get to talk about in an, in an interview. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I. I could chew your ear off about growing seeds and plants, <laughs> which most people aren't that bothered about. But I've just started my zucchini plants and my tomato seedlings for the year. And I love 
I love growing them and they're actually really good for your mental health. Like I, I don't get a lot of vegetables out of it, but there's something about the process of seeing and caring for something from sort of seed onwards. And it, it's just sort of helps you keep track of time. And then there's always something that you can sort of distract yourself with or feel good about by just going, well, you know, it can't be all bad because I've brought this little <laughs> seed into right. the world and it's now producing me some lovely zucchinis. So I think, um, yeah, I, I advocate for people growing seeds and, you know, in these kind of troublesome times, it's good to have some, some seeds to hand, I think. Yes. And, time <laughs> yeah. out, and time outside. No, yeah, I, yeah, exactly. It gets you outside and you can grow on a, you know, windowsill and you, you just need some light and a little pot and yeah, you're away. That's all the questions I have, but I want to make sure that everyone knows how to find Barking and how to find you. So where, where can I go? Yeah, well, Barking's only available now from me, from my website. So that's lucysullivanuk.com. Um, so come to that. There's only a few left. Um, if you're in the UK, you'll be able to get it from me at some cons, hopefully, this year. But I don't know which ones yet. Um, my Black Hammer story comes out on Jeff's Substack uh, very soon. Uh, so it's Jeff Lemire at Substack dot com i think or just go to jeff's page on any social media and you'll find it <laughs> or even some stack and um yeah and shelter i'm hoping i will i'm gonna self-publish i'm not gonna go kickstarter because of the blockchain issues um but there's a new one crowdfunder that's launched in from toronto that i'm looking at but there'll be a way of it coming so uh follow me on social media um mainly twitter and also Instagram, Lucy Sullivan UK. This is Greg Goldstein, and I'm the applause sign operator here at Weiwo TV. But turning this cute little sign on is only a small part of what I do with the show. I also pay the bills. So if you like what you just heard, and you want to hear more episodes of Weiwo TV, let me share with you how I make the money to pay those bills. Knock, knock. Who's there? Broken pencil. Broken pencil who? Never mind. There's no point. <laughs> Did you know that laughter is a distinctive human characteristic meant to help calm us down? You see, the business of marketing may be ever-changing, but people have been documented trying to make each other laugh since ancient Greece. That's why, at that funny agency... We're more than just digital marketing professionals with years of big agency experience. We're also professional comedians, artists, actors, writers, and musicians who have a unique insight into the science of happiness. At our digital marketing agency, we use our innate humor to bring people closer together. Customer to business, collaborator to client, friend to friend. It's almost like funny is our middle name. Oh wait, it is. So come laugh with us, journey with us, grow with us at thatfunnyagency.com. We're That Funny Agency. Strategic 360-degree digital marketing by unapologetically funny people. That's it for this episode of Weiwo TV. Our announcer, editor, and producer is Jonathan Ingram. Additional editing is provided by Andrew Van Voorhees. And those dulcet tones you hear are those of Rosie Tran, Crixley, Colton Hagen, and Elise Randall Monica. And of course, our show is hosted by Mr. B.J. Mendelson, recording at the George Carlin Podcast Studio. So folks, stay strong. Stay strong.
stay safe, and stay sexy. Thanks for listening. Okay, your 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 middle name is Macho, but uh, I'm wondering if you ever cry. You ever has a Macho man ever cried? Oh yeah. Really? Uh huh. It's okay for macho men to show every emotion available right there, you know, because I've cried a thousand times, I'm gonna cry some more. But I've soared with the eagles and I've slithered with the snakes and I've been everywhere in between. And I'm gonna tell you something right now. There's one guarantee in life and that there are no guarantees, yeah. And I understand this, yeah. Nobody likes a quitter. Nobody said life was easy, so if you get knocked down, take the standing eight count, get back up and fight again. Did you enjoy today's show? If you did, please take a minute and leave us a review. Yes, we know you're busy and every podcast asks you to do this, but there's a good reason they do. Because every time you leave a review, that review helps more people find and listen to the show. And you know what that means for you? More great episodes of Weiwo.tv. So what are you waiting for? Take out your phone and leave us a review right now before you move on to something else and forget about us. And we'll see you next time, right?